Hello, and welcome to the World Extreme Medicine Podcast. I am Stephen P. Wood, your host for today's session. I'm a critical care and emergency medicine nurse practitioner and World Extreme Medicine Fellow, and I'm very excited to have you joining us today. I'm delighted to introduce our guest today, Lisa Vanderslice. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're excited to have you. And I think this is a great topic and I think one that's going to be of real interest to all of our listeners. Um, and I think there's a lot for us to learn from what you're going to share with us today. Um, but I want to start with Lisa, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, some of your experience. Yes. So I am originally from the Netherlands. I grew up in Groningen, a city in the north of the Netherlands. I'm also half German and partially in German as well in the past two years. Um, I am a senior at Harvard College. I study government and Middle Eastern studies. And outside of academics, I'm very interested in anything outdoors and traveling. So I love sailing, skiing, hiking, running, biking. Um, I try to backpack whenever I can um, and be outside whenever I can. Great, great. And um, Harvard, as many people will know, a fairly esteemed um, college and university here in New England, um, in Cambridge, which is just outside of our largest city in Boston. Um, have you? How have you found the Northeast for backpacking? Have you uh, done some of our uh, White Mountains or any hiking up in that area or Vermont? I have done quite some hiking in the area. Um, not necessarily backpacking, mostly through the Harvard Outing Club, and they organize a lot of day trips in the area. So I've done uh, a lot of that. I I did a solo, a little solo trip to Montreal a few years back, but other than that, I haven't really backpacked here. I would say the backpacking infrastructure in the Northeast or generally in the US is not super, super easy. And also it's quite, the country's quite big. So it takes you a while to get from place to place. Um, but I've definitely enjoyed the, the nature in the Northeast. Well, great. I'm glad to hear that. I, I cut my teeth on the, the White Mountains of New Hampshire and uh, mm -hmm. spent a lot of time hiking and backpacking, including uh, some winter camping in those ranges. So I definitely hope that you get a chance to, to see some of those. Um, but we'll get back to that. It's interesting to hear you say that there are some significant differences, and we'll, we'll talk about that um, here again soon. Um, but why you're on today is uh, you recently were part of a, a seminar on um, backpacking solo as a female that you held at Harvard. And uh, I wanted you to tell us a little bit about why there was a need for you to present this topic and to discuss this topic. Um, and then I'm hoping, you know, you might share some of your personal experiences on that topic. And we'll discuss that again a little bit more. But what was the onus for, you know, uh, feeling a need to discuss backpacking solo? Yeah, so this is an event I actually came up with myself and, and thought would be really interesting for the Harvard community. I think it was because um, this summer I spent two months backpacking the Balkans, so Southeast um, Europe, and I documented some of my travels on Instagram or social media and shared it with my friends, and I got a lot of questions on backpacking as a woman by myself is that if that's not scary if that's dangerous if my parents let me do that and also while I was backpacking I got into a lot of conversations with people um, who asked similar questions and I think in general there is a debate in society on solo female travelers and if that's something that they should do or we should do 
and whether or not if something happens, if that's our fault or if that means that we should not go out ourselves. And um, I think that's a very interesting discussion. And it was a discussion that I hadn't heard happening at Harvard so far. And so I figured if no one talks about it, then I will just set up my own event about it. Um, so partially it was that, but then also because I heard so many people who told me, especially women, that they were also really interested in traveling by themselves, but they just didn't know where to start. Um, how do you plan it? What sort of transportation do you do? How do you take care of your safety? Um, and so I wanted the event to be partially in discussion on the topic of solo female travel generally, and then partially also some sort of solo backpacking 101. So what do you plan? What do you do while backpacking? What do you need to take into account? And just walking people through the steps of planning a really cool trip. Um, that were the main, uh, my main motivations. I think generally the reason why I'm so passionate about solo travel and solo female travel is because it is one of my favorite things to do. And there is so much you learn from it. And so, so much I've gained from traveling personally that I think it's an experience that a lot more people should be having. Um, and I also just really, really hope to encourage people through talking about it more to actually take the step and maybe travel solo themselves as well. No, I think that's, that's great. And, you know, I think it really brings up the topic of gender equity. I mean, if I throw on a backpack and go backpacking through the white mountains or wherever, um, no one's going to think twice about that, but you brought up some good points about people really questioning, you know, safety and questioning, you know, um, should you be doing, um, you know, solo backpacking and, you know, it shouldn't really be an issue around gender equity. It should be an issue of if this is something you enjoy, you should be able to do it. Um, and I had a really good conversation recently with uh, um, Julie Rack, who, talked about, um, you know, uh, gender equity and mountaineering and, and how oftentimes, you know, those um, individuals have been overlooked uh, by society. Uh, we're told they couldn't, you know, uh, do the same kind of mountaineering that men did. Um, was there, you know, was there something about equity um, that you have, have thought about with regard to backpacking? Or is it just that you just kind of wanted to talk more about your experience and, and how to safely do it? No, there's definitely some sort of equity involved, especially also because the event was part of Women's Week, which is, an, is a week-long sort of series of events organized by the Harvard College of Women's Center. So the female identity aspect was quite central to it. And I think um, in general, when we talk about um, uh, the topic of women traveling, I think often what you will see in the media or when you Google female, female solo, female travel, is you see a lot of horror stories of, of women backpacking alone going wrong, of solo female travelers getting attacked, murdered. Um, and then often the articles after an event like that talk about questions like, well, why was she alone here in the first place? You know, why was she hiking by herself in the woods anyway? Or why did she travel to this city in the Middle East by herself anyway? She should have known that that's dangerous and she should not have done that or she should not have been alone. And I think that sort of emphasis, first of all, is very much victim blaming, right? Because it's not the fault of the woman or anyone for that matter that, um, that something happens. 
and and second of all by saying those kinds of things you're kind of discouraging women as well to go out and quite frankly there's no place in the world that's safe for women um and that's very very unfortunate but that doesn't mean that we should change our behavior for that that means that there's a much larger issue in the world that needs to change um, and so blaming women or questioning women traveling i think is a very wrong thing and um but that's still a thing that's going on and and that you see happening in in media and in discussions in society and so i figured that i also wanted to do event an event to sort of counter that sort of perspective no, I think your perspective is important, and that's why we have you on today, which is to discuss this bigger global issue of just safety in general for women, not just backpacking, not just hiking, but or traveling, but just in general, you know, kind of our general attitudes towards, you know, women being able to be out alone, um, you know, doing something, anything. Um, and that's a bigger global issue. Uh, and it's it's great that you were able to, you know, discuss that issue in that platform. And I'm hoping, you know, um, our discussion leads to bigger discussions here today as well in our community, which, you know, has many people that love the outdoors and, and for, you know, any one individual to not be able to feel safe doing this, you know, that's a tragedy and uh, a travesty. Uh, and, you know, anyone should be able to feel that they can go pick up a backpack and, and get out there in the woods get up there in the mountains and enjoy themselves. Um, so you bring up a great point and I'm, I'm very glad that uh, we have this opportunity today. Um, have you had any personal experiences that you mentioned a lot of your own friends were questioning, you know, the safety and, and, and have you had any personal experiences that you were, are willing to share with us um, in your travels? Um, you mean of feeling unsafe? Of, of feeling unsafe or of, of you know, uh, or even just, you know, uh, questioning yourself and, and your own safety. Um, it's certainly, you know, I don't want to re-traumatize uh, you if there's been something um, of that nature. But um, if there's, if you're willing to share with us, you know, what your experiences have been in your own personal experience, I think it'd be, you know, something our audience would be interested in hearing. Um, certainly, if you're not comfortable, you know, we can just generalize. No, I'm, I'm happy. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky in the regard that I haven't had any really bad experiences um, traveling by myself. And um, I, I mean, I think like there have been unpleasant experiences while I was traveling. Also, why I wasn't traveling, I guess that's unfortunately still part of, of uh, being a woman. But I think, I mean, traveling, there's been different instances. So for example, I've um, I generally don't really hitchhike by myself, but there have been situations where that was sort of necessary or more convenient. So I would hitchhike and um, I've entered a car with, with one man only. And then after driving for a while, the man would sort of ask if I wanted to go out for a date or for a drink. And, um, you know, you're in a car with that person. So, you don't you're not really sure if, if you saying what will happen if you say no in that situation. Um, and so usually when, when questions like that start to come up, I will quite like directly say, I have a boyfriend. I'm sorry, even though that's not true, I don't have a boyfriend, but I will just say that, um, because it's an easy way out. I think, um, I will say like, I have a boyfriend, I'm sorry. And also you drove me far enough. Can I get out here now? And luckily, um, that 
was always the case. So I could always get out um, in those situations. Um, so that is that is good. I think another funny story and about when I sort of felt scared, which actually shows more the goodness of people, was when I I was traveling in Jordan in the south in Aqaba, close to the Red Sea, and I was trying to get a taxi back to the to the inner city to get a bus back to Amman, where I was interning at the moment. And um, there were almost no taxis on the road I was at. I had just been snorkeling um, somewhere and um, a car stopped with four adult men in the car. And they asked if I needed to drive back to the city. And there wasn't, there weren't any taxis and it was 40 degrees Celsius, um, very hot. I'm not sure what that's in Fahrenheit, but it was very hot. And so I, and I, for some reason, I sort of trusted the situation. So I said, yes, okay, thank you. I would like to get a ride back. And so I got into their car. And then after driving for a while, they actually went the opposite direction of where the city was, the city center was. And it didn't really seem like they were coming back. They were going back to sort of drop me off. So at, at some point, I started to get a bit scared because I think at that point, I very started to internalize all the stories I had heard and the things people tell you when you're traveling by yourself you know like first rule would probably like don't do not get into a car as a girl alone with like four adult men um and and so I started to get a bit scared in that situation um and and at that point I also didn't really speak Arabic that well the man in the car didn't really speak a lot of English um and so our communication was quite limited and um, but they started to I started asking questions like, OK, when are we going to go back to the city? When am I going to you know get my bus? Because they kept on stopping at the road, like picking up a different man, dropping off another man. And I was very confused. And so they started to notice that I was a bit scared. And so what they did, what the driver did was he pulled out his phone and started showing pictures of his daughters. Um, sort of in it's sort of a universal way, I guess, without language to show that, you know, don't worry, I have daughters too. I, I care about the safety of girls or something like that, um, which in fact called me down a bit because, yeah, somehow I figured, you know, if this man has two daughters, he, he won't do anything bad to me. And so we kept on driving a bit um, for a while. But after a while, we still didn't get closer to the center of the city. And um, I asked again, like, you know, are we are we going to go back? Um, I, I need to catch my bus. And they said, oh, yeah, we're going back soon. We're just, we need, just know, need to get to Saudi Arabia, because, which is close to the Saudi border. Um, and at that point, I started to stress out again, because I did not have a visa for Saudi Arabia. I also was not planning on going there. I, I thought it was going to be look really strange to a border patrol if I would just enter that country with four men I didn't know um and and so I was again a bit worried and then uh, we ended up driving really 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 close to the border and then picking someone up dropping someone else off and then turning around and then we actually drove all the way back to the city center and they dropped me off and I got my bus and everything was fine and they were all great and, and really nice people but it was a very interesting dynamic sort of where when I got into the car I wasn't worried I, I think somehow intuitively I trusted the situation but then when I sat there and I was thinking about everything people say about traveling and I could already see the headlines of like girl gets into a car with four adult men and disappears or you know um and thinking that I was really stupid for doing that um so I think and, and generally I think the the what I've learned from traveling is for every bad person or a person that makes you feel uncomfortable there are 10 good people 
for every one person that's bad, there's like 10 good people and, and 10 people that help you just from the goodness of their heart than who have no benefit from helping you. Um, but that was, I think, a funny story of how some sort of like what other people tell you about the dangers can also become internalized, but may not always be wrong. No, that sounds like a harrowing story. And yeah, certainly traveling to another country uh, while hitchhiking um, seems like it could be problematic. Thankfully, I have about a 0% success rate hitchhiking. Um, so uh, you, you've won up me there for sure. Um, so that so I'm sure you've learned from that experience. And, and you it sounds like you've, you know, you had a, a lot of experience and were able to take these experiences and bring them, you know, um, to an audience to share. What are some other things uh, that you you know can share with us? What are what are some of the tips and advice you gave during the seminar uh, that you uh, recently gave on you know backpacking solo as a as a female? Yeah, I think it's quite general on planning a trip, looking where you want to go. So for me, I. I like to backpack solo. I'm also I'm also on a budget. I'm a student and I fund all my travels myself. And so money is a very important factor as well. Um, I think that's also generally important when you talk about safety because it's easier to ensure your own safety when you're spending more money. You could, for example, take an Uber from a place to another place instead of walking or taking public transport. You could stay in a fancy hotel with security. Um, I don't have the money for that. So I will take public transport or I will walk from place to place. I will stay in, in hostels usually in the, the largest dorm they have, which means you're in a room with 14 other people. Um, oftentimes, most of those other people are men because um, sometimes they also have female dorms, but then they may cost a bit more. And so I will always go for the cheapest option. So I've quite for quite a lot of times this summer, for example, I would sleep in large dorms, 10 to 14 people, and I would be the only girl in the dorm. Um, so that's what I tell people to, to consider uh, the budget you have and and what you want to do with it but also other things I think generally is how much do you want to plan in advance I'm a very proponent of not planning too much so you could if you have a trip for a few weeks for example you could plan beforehand for every single night where you're staying what you're going to do how you're going to get there um, that could work if that makes you feel more at ease this is also a personal preference i would say generally if you leave things a bit more open and don't plan everything too tightly first of all you will have the opportunity to run into spontaneous situations that are really fun and you actually want to stay longer and you have the possibility to stay longer because you don't have you haven't planned all your days in advance and you can just um see day by day what you want to do. And also I think being more flexible um, puts you in less stressful situations. So there's been times where I had missed a bus or a train wouldn't go. And instead of um, getting really stressed out and worrying because my whole schedule relied on that one bus or that one train, um, I was able to just say, okay, well, I guess then I'll just stay in the city a day longer. And I think if you, keep that sort of lower stress, more relaxed mindset, um, you, you also will like, likely uh, be less likely to run into situations where people take advantage of you. I think if you're really pressed on time and you really need to be some, somewhere, the chance that 
someone wants to take advantage of you in that situation by you know offering you like a really really expensive ride somewhere or so um is it's larger so i i i always tell people tell people although i try to talk about how to plan for your trip i also tell them not to plan too much um because that's pretty important i think other things to think about is obviously what you bring so um and and this again i try to not tell people too much what they should or should not do because i think this very much depends on personal preferences so i'm not someone who brings a lot of um those like safety gadgets i guess with me um yeah i think general backpacking things like where do you keep your money where do you keep your valuables preferably don't bring too many valuables is is quite important um to traveling um look where you're going so destinations definitely matter do you speak the language of the destination or not um is it far from home or not is the country where you're going to travel similar to your home country or the country you're living in or used to or not um that's also matters i i, I generally encourage people to who travel for the first time by themselves you know like i wouldn't say don't go too crazy don't go somewhere that's super super different from your home because um that might be a bit too much for the first time um i i really like other places and cultures and regions and the ones I, I grew up in um but it's also something that you may want to ease into i'm also very fine traveling in places where i don't speak the language um, i feel like there's always a way around that and especially nowadays with google translate and things like that you you always have options if you can't um find your way in in, in any language you speak um but those are also think important things to consider uh, when sure. people travel yeah now you mentioned, you know, I, I think it is also a good idea to be a little bit flexible with your schedule when you can. Um, do you though communicate with someone about your whereabouts? Do you normally let someone know, hey, I'm here, I've made it here? Do you feel that that's something that's been an important part of your experience or is something that you'd recommend to others to make sure that someone knows your whereabouts and how to get in touch with you? Yeah, that's actually a good question because that's something I I've changed recently. I think before, um, so before the summer when I would travel by myself, I, uh, people would no one would really know where I was. Um, my parents and friends would probably know the country, perhaps the city, maybe not the city where I was, um, but not really. And then this summer when I backpacked for for two months myself, I figured that it may actually be smart that there is someone in in the world who who knows where i'm staying or where i am approximately with regards to city and country and so what i would do is um i would usually stay in a place for like three or four or five days so i would message my parents which city which country i was in and then which hostel or like um couch surfing address i was staying at that was basically it not a lot of other whereabouts so sometimes they wouldn't hear from me for for three or four days um that works for me. I feel comfortable with that sort of safety, but I also know uh, travelers who share their GPS location with someone at all times so that there's someone who can find them at all times. And I think especially if you're so often when I backpack, I'm, I'm more in I'm not in super, super, super remote places. Um, so I know that I will always there will always likely be people around. But if you're backpacking, in, in nature and, and it's unlikely that you will see anyone for a week or so. I think it's definitely useful to somehow share your location, either 
once in a while or continuously, whatever is your own comfort level. But in that case, um, if something happens to you, then it's nice that someone knows where you are approximately. And, and um, yeah, and I think it's general, it's a good way of, of checking in with people every once in a while. But this is, yeah, again, it's a, it's a personal preference thing, right? I, I'm very comfortable not um, saying specifically where I am every day. Um, but if that makes you feel more safe, uh, if doing that makes you feel more safe, then it's absolutely something you should do. Sure. <clears throat> and uh, of course, um, pepper spray also can be a really great seasoning on food sometimes as well. Uh, aside from, but you know, all, all kidding aside. Um, so you mentioned though, you know, traveling um, to different countries and I want to get back to the equity piece of that. Um, are there countries that you've been to or that you won't go to because of the way that, you know, women, especially solo women travelers um, might be treated? And in some countries, it might not even be allowed for a woman to be unaccompanied. Have you had that experience or what can you speak to um, how can you speak to that experience? Yeah, I haven't had that experience. Um, but I have a lot of people asking me on that specifically because I enjoy traveling in the Middle East. And I think a lot of people regard the Middle East as a place that's quite hostile to women. Um, I think there's two, I think two things are important to say for this sort of question. So first of all, there's very much a difference. But so if, if people will look at countries that are safe for women to travel, often what they will find is you know like the rate of violence against women but important to note is that this rate of violence against women almost always um is made up largely um by domestic violence um and that's absolutely terrible but that means that that's not something you likely deal with as a traveler in that country so even if a country has a high rate of domestic violence it might not affect you personally a lot um, so that's always where, where I think it's important to separate the two of those. And then second of all, I don't really believe in dangerous countries or dangerous regions. I, I think there are dangerous people, uh, but dangerous people exist everywhere in the world. And so I, I think women can travel solo anywhere in the world, and I think they should. Um, I've traveled in, in places in, um, I guess some people would consider a country like Jordan or a country like Lebanon or, or Palestine more dangerous for women, which I absolutely do not believe. Um, but those are the kind of questions I do get when I say that I travel solo in those places. Um, I'm also planning to travel to Iran next year, for example, which is a country where um, a lot of people ask me about if, if that's even allowed as a woman or if that's not scary or dangerous. Um, I, um, it's, it, it's a hard question because I do not see it that way, but I also understand what the sort of images you see from a country, especially in, in media, that's, a, that's maybe an impression you have. Um, for my experience, the experience I have as traveling solo in the Middle East compared to like, let's say traveling solo in Europe is not different at all. Um, in terms of being a woman, I don't, there's not a, a big difference in that. In, in, the only thing is that you might see a few, uh, like fewer solo female travelers in those places than that you maybe see in Europe, but, um, it, for me, it never really affected my safety or my feeling of safety. 
um, but yeah, that's, that is, is again, a personal experience. Um, obviously there are precautions that you take as a woman. Um, I prefer, I usually don't go out by myself alone at night if I know that the area is quite deserted, but this is also an interesting thing. For example, in, in some European countries in at night cities are, um, really empty. And so I would feel quite uncomfortable walking around there alone at night. Whereas in a place like Istanbul, for example, in Turkey, um, the streets are still quite lively in the middle of the night. And so I have no issue walking around by myself because I know that there's people everywhere and I'm, I'm never really completely alone. And so that also um, affects my, my decisions on, on my own safety. So will I go out? Will I not go out? Um, and yeah, so I, I don't think, I, I know in, in terms of like a, a country where you, where women cannot really travel alone. I think um, Saudi Arabia until recently was a country where um, women were not allowed to travel um, without a male um, sort of chaperone. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they actually changed that law. And I think as a tourist in general, you have a bit more opportunities there to travel by yourself. Whether that's good or not, I think that's it's obviously not, not fantastic, um, but you could. And um, so I think, yeah, as, as long as like the country is not in a full-fledged war, um, I don't think that there's necessarily like a, a dangerous place where women cannot travel at all themselves. And you seem to like to travel to warm places. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I like a lot of climates, really <laughs> warm places too. Yeah. My, we actually, my wife and I have a deal because I like to go to cold port cities um, mm. like, well, like Boston uh, and, and others. And she likes like super warm climates. And so we switch back and forth. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but that's, that's our deal for now. Um, although I'm starting to enjoy the warm climates as well. I, I see the appeal, um, definitely uh, see the appeal. Um, so I want to then kind of come back to uh, the equity issue. And um, so you held this um, seminar and I think, you know, I think this would be wonderful for, you know, others to, to hold this kind of uh, event as well. What were some of the things that you learned from this seminar? What were people's general feelings, general questions? Um, what did you learn from uh, holding that uh, educational program? Yeah, I think a lot of people had just general questions on very logistical stuff. Um, that I was really surprised about. So just like, how do you do this? Where do you book your hostels? Um, how do you know this? How do you find that? And so that I was quite surprised about because I, I, I like at some point I had those questions, but first I somehow figured out how to do those things as well. I think it's a lot of Googling and reading travel blogs and, and those kinds of things. Um, in general, I thought the discussions were really, really interesting. Um, something people asked a lot about as, as well is how to deal with parents that don't allow you to travel yourself. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm 23 myself and um, a lot of the people who attended were, were younger than I was. And so um, the influence of what your parents say or what your parents allow you to do or not is still uh, quite important. It's, it's a discussion that I don't feel super qualified to speak about just because my parents are quite chill and just let me do whatever I want. And I don't really ask them for permission. I just tell them where I'm going and they will tell me to have fun. Um, and that's mainly it. But that's, I think, something to consider. The, the person I was presenting with, she, her parents were a bit more 
worried about her going places or she had some good tips on, on, on what to tell your parents and how to get started. I think in general, what I also get a lot is that people ask if it's not lonely to travel by yourself. I think that's very much an assumption people make. Well, if you're traveling by yourself, you're always alone. Um, it depends on where you travel by yourself. If you are going to go to the woods and um, in a remote place, then yeah, you might be by yourself for the whole time. And that may be lonely in some times, but I think that sort of loneliness can also be really good and really reflective. Um, if you travel in more urban areas, um, like I often do, and you stay in hostels, you're hardly at, alone at any point, and there's always people to chat to and to talk to, and you meet so many new people, which is a really fun thing. Um, but I always recommend people to start small. So... Uh, you don't have to like go on a solo trip um, for two weeks to start. You can just, you know, go to a restaurant in your own city by yourself and see what that's like. Um, so I think that's that that I would recommend people also talking, like organizing events on a similar issue. Just tell people how to ease into the experience of solo travel because it can seem quite daunting if you've never thought about it and you ne you've never seen anyone doing it. Um, so give them some tools on how to experience little parts of it or how to try it out for themselves. Um, and then another thing that I think really matters for organizing an event like this is showing people that there are women out there who travel. And, and partially I did that by sharing my own stories, but also by linking some, some Instagram accounts or blogs of women um, traveling by themselves, also women from different identities, because I think that's something important to notice as well, right? Um, uh, my experience of traveling as a white woman is different from the experience as black women have who travel, or someone who's a member of the LGBTQ community, or someone with a disability. Um, and so find blogs from people um, that, you know, like, look like you or or are like you and and they travel because they exist there are blogs of all different types of women and people in general who travel so find them and 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 i think it can be really empowering to see that people have done it before that people um have had good and really really cool experience traveling by themselves and i think that's that's another important part of organizing an event is is showing showing that it has been done and that it can be done. Um, and also I think showing that it's not always perfect. I think that's very important too. I tried to really emphasize that, that even though I've had quite a lot of travel experience, it doesn't mean that everything goes well when I travel. I've, I've showed up to bus stops and a bus would just not show up. I have gone to hostels that turned out to not really exist or be sort of closed. Um, so things go wrong and that, doesn't man matter that you should blame yourself. It just means you should keep an open mind and be flexible and figure out how to go from there. Yeah, that does ha that does happen where um, you know a hostel might not exist uh, or a bus doesn't come. That happens here in the city of Boston, um, <laughs> where you know never never mind traveling. You just have to be flexible and have some contingency for, for how to deal with that. And the other, you know, you mentioned um, hostels, you mentioned couch surfing. Actually, I was part of the couch surfing community for a long time. Oh, good. Um, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. Got to meet a lot of people. And what I would often do is I had um, two rooms and sometimes or uh, many times people would come uh, and be there at the same time. And it was a way for them to make new friends, to meet new people, 
oftentimes then traveled together and spent some time together traveling and, and doing some of that. And similarly, you know, I know um, friends and colleagues who've stayed at hostels and, and met some people and maybe traveled a leg together. And it's just a great way, um, I think, you know, to meet people as well. Um, it also, and you speak to this as well about being alone and having that time to reflect and time to be alone. You know, our culture internationally has become this, you know, culture of we never want to be alone. Um, we always have to have someone with us or something with us. It's usually our phone and we're looking at Instagram or things of that nature. And there's just so much to be said, actually, I think for just putting that phone down and being aware of uh, your surroundings, not from just a safety perspective, I'm just saying for just bringing things in and, you know, taking that time to really soak in a city, soak in the environment you're in, be it the woods or mountains um, and just be comfortable with being there alone. Um, and that can be really, in my opinion, really rewarding. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm also a slow hiker. So <laughs> I like to, yeah. So being alone, I can at least, you know, take my time as well. But yeah. And um, another thing I think is like, I, for example, always will write a travel diary. So um, oftentimes I think we, we process our thoughts by sharing them with other people. But if you don't necessarily always have someone else to share them with, writing them down can be a really good way to process your thoughts as well. So I will always keep a travel diary in which I will write down just what I did during a day, who I met, where I went, what kind of food I had, what I saw. Um, and that will not only help me just putting down words on paper, it's also a really nice way to um, later on look back at it and read through it and, and just sort of relive again the fun experience you had. And also it gives you a good way of doing, of just having something to do. I think I very much agree with you that um, we easily resort to our phones when we're by ourselves and we don't really know what to do with ourselves. For example, if you're going to a restaurant by yourself and you're waiting for your food to come, most people would just go in their phones. I, I, I don't really like that um and so what i will usually do in those situations i will always bring a book or my travel diary and so i will always just read when i'm waiting for my food or write when i'm waiting for my food and it um yeah it's a much more pleasant experience absolutely well it's we're coming up on the end of our time together um i really value what you you brought to the table today i'm sure many of our listeners will as well um i wanted to ask you do you have a blog or do you have uh, an instagram account that we can post on our show notes for people to follow so i have a, a very small instagram account it's called lisa's visas um where i i started documenting the travels i did um this summer it's it's nothing big, but it, I think it definitely does show you a more realistic insight than some sort of fancy pictures because a lot of it is about things that go wrong, um, which is quite funny to read back on. Um, so that you can absolutely share. I don't have a blog. I'm, I'm considering starting it. Um, so you will hear from me if I actually do that. But for now, that's that's all I have. Well, certainly. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. It's been a pleasure to speak with you. And thank you all. Uh, of our listeners for joining us today. Um, we'll certainly post in the show notes that Instagram account. So you'll hopefully be in the thousands and thousands of followers <laughs> shortly after this. And we'll, we'll of course be uh, looking forward to your blog as well. So thank you very much, Lisa. Yeah. Thank you for having me. If you've enjoyed this episode of the world extreme medicine podcast, please subscribe, like, and share. 
And if you want to meet lots of other risk-taking, rule-bending and inspirational people, then you need to be in Edinburgh on the 19th to the 21st of November for this year's conference. Tickets are on sale now. Go to extrememedicineexpo.com to find out more.